0: When do we plan to start? We've already started. We start after the theme song fades out. Welcome to this bonus episode of In the Isles, the podcast that isn't afraid to jump on the viral bandwagon. I'm James Rothwell. I'm Dan Axon. We have watched Saint Maud illegally no we always watch content legally so that we can speak with authority on the podcast
1: you have no authority here no authority at all
0: we are amateurs but that's our brand the opinion of the common man and we do know things about the filmmaking process
1: you don't. what are you talking about you don't know what you're talking about
0: we've seen a lot of dvd bonus features over the years just listen to this bonus review and then decide what you think We couldn't watch St. Maud when it was released in cinemas last year, but now it's been released in the UK on premium video on demand on Amazon, Apple, YouTube, Google Play. And we are so excited about it being released on demand that we're doing a bonus episode just to discuss it in depth.
1: One of the best received films of 2020. So we're going to review this and see whether it would have made it onto our top 10 list of 2020, which it almost definitely wouldn't have done because we did a top five.
0: Dear God, your presence greases the air and soon everyone will see you. Hi, are you Maud? Yes, hi. It takes nothing special to mop up after the dying. You're prettier than the last one. But to save a soul, that's quite something. Bless Amanda's body and bless her mind, which is shrouded in darkness. When you pray, do you get a response? Oh, it's like he's physically in me. Saint Maud follows a pious nurse who becomes dangerously obsessed with saving the soul of her dying patient. Written and directed by Rolls Glass. Daniel, what did you think of Saint Maud? I've been very much looking forward
1: to this ever since I heard about it. It's horror, it's in my wheelhouse, couldn't wait. As is normally the case for me, I did not watch any trailers going into it, aside from knowing that the resounding word on the street is, this is pretty damn good. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect from the film apart from that. Having that vague understanding of the film definitely impacted my experience whilst watching it. So I am going to stay spoiler-free for this portion of the review, but I heavily encourage you, if you haven't seen anything about this, no trailers, nothing, go and watch it now before listening to this review. The events that unfold within this film are kickstarted by a relationship, as James mentioned before, with Maud, which she establishes with the woman that she takes care of, who's named Amanda, A woman who, at death's door, resorts to living out her remaining days in a chaotic blur of meaningless sex, binge drinking, and the odd cigarette thrown in, for good measure. Exactly how I would probably cope with being told that I had a limited amount of time to live, so respect to her. Witnessing this destructive behaviour, Maud sees a soul worth saving as part of her commitment to God and... That leads to this complicated internal struggle of Maud being on this virtuous mission whilst battling her own desires or demons, which are in direct conflict with one another. For one, I really enjoyed that relationship dynamic between Maud and Amanda. Just like Maud, you as a viewer become a bit of a fly on the wall in this woman's home, observing the intimate details of her life, and I was quite transfixed by that. So much so that By the third act of the film, it more or less abandons that relationship and concentrates on Maud's spiritual journey, and I was a bit let down by that, but only fleetingly. As a self-professed atheist, I'm not intellectually equipped enough to go into detail about this film's depiction of religion, but it clearly uses it as a catalyst for this descent into madness, and for my money, it does it very effectively. There is an unsettling vibe to the whole thing, as you would expect from any film that labels itself as horror, but do not expect a blood-spattered gore fest. There are some disturbing scenes, don't get me wrong, but it's not quite that in your face. The terror of it, I think, lies within more what is implied, and it's often more psychological in nature. And for a film of a pretty lean runtime of 84 minutes, it manages to explore its themes and ideas in enough detail that I didn't feel like they'd cut any corners or sacrifice the character development. With that in mind, you do only really get the character of Maud who is given the time to shine. We more or less exclusively spend the entire runtime of the film seeing things through her eyes weirdly because of that the film actually felt longer to me than its runtime but i don't mean that as a negative i just mean i felt as though i'd seen her go through quite the ordeal and i felt very absorbed by um her performance so it's a compliment to her if nothing else the biggest thing that i appreciated with this film is the fact that i i was never really sure of what type of film i was watching for the vast majority of it is it a straight-up horror film Is it a psychological thriller or is it something less sinister than all that? Are we just exploring the complicated theme of religion or something else that I can't quite mention now? I genuinely did not know. And I think the film really cleverly plays with your feelings when it comes to that genre confusion. And it never 100% commits to letting you know exactly what it's about. That, I would say, is the greatest mystery to the film. It's understanding the point of it all and grasping what the filmmaker is trying to portray. And I would argue it doesn't really become clear until the final shot before credits roll. Even then, the message is debatably open to interpretation. This is a film that purposely sits on the fence with its themes, its character motivations, even its convictions. It is, by design, very ambiguous. But I felt challenged, not cheated. It was a film that stayed with me for many hours after I watched it. And I do feel compelled to watch it again. James,
0: what about you, sir? I too didn't watch any trailers for this. And I assumed from the synopsis that I only vaguely remembered and the title that this would be set in the past and be more like black narcissist type nurses slowly going mad in isolation. Don't know why I thought that. It has so little plot and so little action, but I felt like there was so much happening all the time. It is a horror film, but there's no jump scares, no monsters, no chases, but it's constantly tense and terrifying. I didn't know who the villain was. Where is this fear coming from? Who's going to do what, who is going to be evil? I just knew that something bad was going to happen. And I'm not quite sure how that was achieved, but it was. And the whole 80 minutes, you just know someone is going to do something bad here. With a film where nothing happens, you might think it's slow, it's boring. And I've seen some user reviews on Rotten Tomatoes saying this is rubbish. Don't get it. But I was gripped all the way through. It is relentlessly tense somehow. I liked that it kept hinting at Maud's past deeds. Just enough to make you more afraid for everyone's safety. Maybe also for hers. It's exquisitely directed. There is a scene where Maud first gives an injection to Amanda when she first starts treating her very first scene, first meeting. Amanda puffs on a cigarette, rolls up her sleeve, slaps her arm to get the vein ready and looks at Maud like, come on. And that tells you so much about Amanda and her relationship with past nurses with no dialogue in just a few seconds. And there's loads of moments like that all the way through. It captures Scarborough in a naturalistic way. It's not trying to be a complete decrepit hellhole, but that makes Maud, Morphid Clark, more disturbing because she's this person who's got so much internal turmoil walking around a normal place. When you're inside the house, I love the way the house was shot. It was all light and shadow and blackness and silhouettes. No shot, no moment was wasted in making this house feel like a oppressive space to be in. Morphid Clark, who plays Maud, she's so meek and approachable, but also terrifying. I don't know how she does it. I love the parts where she grabs someone's head, like blesses them, says, bless you, something, something, and then immediately flips back. That was funny, but also scary. The whole film, as I've said repeatedly, it maintains a consistent atmosphere of dread. Even in the party scene, it's not a happy party scene. It focuses completely on Maud and her turmoil. I don't know about you, but all the way through, I was rooting for Maud for some reason. I was saying, come on, Maud, just kill everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I was just thinking, you've, you've been through a lot. Everyone else doesn't understand you. I'm with you. Whatever he's going to do, I'll I'll back you. I will back you. I don't know why I felt that way. I agree with you. I was definitely
1: feeling empathy for her. I can't say the sentiment of go and kill everyone <laughs> popped into my mind. But no, I, I was rooting for her as well. And I'm really glad that he cleared up that it was Scarborough because I thought, oh my word, they've polished a turd here and made Blackpool look lovely. But no, it wasn't, which makes a lot of sense now.
0: Yeah, at first I thought, oh, this is Blackpool. But it's not because I would have recognised Blackpool, I think. Yeah. It's a generic seaside town. And just to go back
1: on that as well, because I know when we covered Looted some time ago, I slagged off whatever city that was setting, but I'm not not saying any, anything negative about Blackpool at all, apart from calling it a turd. So let's move swiftly on, James. What did
0: you think of Morfydd Clark in this?
1: I don't think I was quite as enamoured with her performance as you were. I thought she was very good, but I think it is probably a testament to her that Everything is conveyed through very, very subtle facial expressions or, or gestures, and it's not a all-out mental performance by her that. It doesn't require a lot from her, but what she does do with it is quite good. Now that I think of it, and you've obviously waxed lyrical about it, I agree. I think it is a, a fine performance that I don't think I gave enough
0: appreciation to whilst watching the film. It's very subtle, but there are those brief moments where she has a fit when she thinks that she's communicating directly with god and there are moments where quite a lot is asked of her physically to try to show that something is going on those scenes were very good i'm going to ask you
1: a difficult question now because i don't think we can answer it pre-spoilers but do you agree with what i said in terms of this being a very i'm going to sit on the fence more or less about everything and make your own mind up kind of film or do you think it's a lot more explicit than i've took it to be
0: I agree. I think it is a sit on the fence about everything. You mean in the sense that you could interpret it either way? Yeah. 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 I think the events and the visuals could go completely either way. I agree. Always like it when somebody agrees. (laughs) Makes things easier. James,
1: do you recommend St. Maud? And as a further question, would it replace anything in your top five films of 2020 list? Is it that good?
0: It would go in the top five, you know, it would. What would it replace? Looking back at this now, The King of Staten Island seems too high at number three. So it might replace King of Staten Island as the number three film. I loved every second of this film. Blisteringly positive review there. Nice. What about you? Would you recommend St. Maud? And would it get into your top five? Had we watched it in 2020?
1: Yes, I'd definitely recommend it. I think it's a film well worth viewing. I don't quite know if it would have made it into my top five. My gut is telling me no, but if we'd have expanded it to a top ten, it would have almost certainly been
0: in there. So I guess the answer is no. Okay, fair enough. Shall we move into spoilers for St. Maud? Yes. Bruce Willis. Real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. Spoilers. Maud cares for terminally ill person, Amanda, decides to save a soul, slaps her at a party, gets kicked out, goes through some soul searching. Then she returns to Amanda's house, doesn't she? Dressed in a sheet. And Amanda appears to be possessed by the devil. Her CGI enhanced mouth opens really wide and says, I'm the devil, and you're a rubbish nun. And then Maud mounts Amanda and stabs her repeatedly with some scissors and kills her. Then Maud goes outside and sets herself on fire in a blazing, angelic light as the people of Scarborough appear to bow down before her. Would you say that's a fair summary? Yeah, uh,
1: almost completely bang on. The only thing that I think you admitted that's probably in there in some way is she, Amanda being she mocks mod for her beliefs, which I think is what finally drives her towards this violent act. I think it's this ridicule of her religion that finally pushes her over the edge. But yes, I don't think I could have summarised it in a better way, so I'm sorry for
0: nitpicking at yours. It's fine. I didn't see it as a nitpick. It was a helpful addition of information.
1: The biggest spoiler that we were both trying to avoid, and I think yet again, we've successfully done so, is that at his core, it's a film that explores the deterioration of a woman's mental state. It's essentially a mental health awareness advert in disguise. Did you see it as such? Did you see that coming or were you leaning more towards, oh no, this is some demonic possession, supernatural type of her Where was your
0: head at? I saw it the same way as well. And yes, it did creep up on me as well, that this is about the pressures on people, particularly one might suggest people working in the healthcare profession. Because she meets other nurses and they discuss their experiences and I wondered whether there was something to that. And what was your
1: perception of how it tackled that? Because for me, my partner branded this as an uncomfortable film to watch by the end of it. And I think it was only the very, very end, which obviously makes its mark as, oh, this is a film about mental health that left her feeling that way. Did you think it was sensitively done or do you think it didn't quite answer enough questions what was your overall perception of how it was put across
0: i didn't feel uncomfortable i was enjoying it as well i was enjoying the craft and as i've said i was morbidly cheering Maud on for some reason but i think in terms of that mental health theme i thought it was sensitively done i didn't think it was exploitative or sensational or judgmental I don't
1: Fair know if that makes sense. No, it, it does make sense. I'm just trying to articulate how I felt because I think it's so brave, borderline dangerous to use religion as a vehicle to demonstrate how, like, ideology can get in the wrong hands or or head and potentially manifest into this paranoia and the subsequent violence that comes with it. It feels like a really controversial way to broach the subject. But I suppose the beauty of this film is that it does explore the themes, but as I kind of said in my review, it doesn't comment or make a judgment on it. And I feel like that's the safest that you can get with this sort of thing. I will say I'm I'm surprised there isn't a bit more backlash to this film from religious communities. But then again, how widely seen is it? It might be that now just being available on video on demand in the UK that changes, but I've not heard many people kicking off about it as such. And and I'm surprised by that.
0: A smaller point that I wanted to ask you about was that there's this question over what she did in the past. It seems that she was working at a hospital. She did something, something happened, and now she's employed privately as a private care nurse. There's a flashback to her giving CPR to a dying man. And it shows her pressing her hands into this guy's chest, that his chest caves in completely. And that is a flashback that she has when she's in bed with a man. Was that an actual flashback to what happened, do you think? Did she actually cave someone's chest in?
1: I didn't take it as such. I thought that was a more extreme version of what probably transpired, which is she probably just pressed a little too hard. And maybe there was a slight crack, but I don't think it fully caved in. That would possess some form of Hulk-like strength, which maybe she does have. I don't know. And I've never tried this, so it may be entirely possible. But I just thought it was an exaggeration of what the truth was.
0: It was very similar to the Sinner, wasn't it? Season one reveal. Ah, yes. I'd forgotten about that, of course. Maybe because I've seen the Sinner recently. Maybe that's why I accepted that as real.
1: I'm not a medical professional, so it could entirely be true to take my words and throw them in the bin. This does kind of lean into how the ending comes about and what the film eventually ends up being about. The way in which it approached Maud's delusions and how that's visualised, it's equally vague in terms of how you could interpret it because it never categorically states what is real and what is a distortion of reality no other characters react to what she's reacting through again you've seen it through her eyes primarily the only time we get confirmation that this is potentially not a figment of her imagination is when she quote unquote is touched by god which happens a few times throughout the film and the woman she's caring for amanda she fends that she feels this presence too. Obviously, you don't know that she's faking it until the very end, but that fed into this idea of, oh, maybe there is something more going on. Yeah, it's easily explained away at the end, but therefore makes you call into question everything that you've seen before, and you're just not given that 100% this is what is real, this is not, and that's still the same by the end of the film, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. And I chose to believe that it was real just because that's my personal preference oh really interesting um, because why not really i think that in this film amanda is actually literally possessed by demonic force at the end because it's a horror film why not and that what Maud sees is real i just prefer that that is the case and i think <laughs> there's no evidence for that i think as we've said there's no evidence either way that's just the interpretation that I'm going with because I think that's a more what-the-hell kind of ending where you've got this film set in Scarborough that's someone walking around on the waterfront and suddenly it's a demonic possession film in the last five minutes. I think that's a crazy thing and a fun thing and that's what I'm going with. But okay. it's still but it's still about mental health. Both those things ex- exist at the same time.
1: You can't have that, mate. Mind up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, you can't. I'll allow it. I'll allow okay. it. But you thought it was all in her
1: head. I did, but I suppose if I weigh up everything that you've said, I could also argue that with the point I've just made around nobody confirms that what she's seeing is actually happening. The only thing that combats that really is the very ending because you see these people on the beach bow to her. So is that not within itself confirmation that she was right all along? These things exist. She does see this. Or again... Seen as it is through her eyes, is it just her wanting to live out this sense of martyrdom and what she wanted to happen, she just fantasised about? And that is what you see on screen. Who knows? It is open for debate, but I suppose that's why this is quite a challenging and interesting film to watch.
0: I agree. In that last scene, it could go either way. There's the one shot of everyone just walking up to her and they're reacting like, oh my God, what is she doing? Then it's suddenly they're all on their knees and she has an angelic light around her. It could be either way. It could be that she's at the height of her delusions. She's setting herself on fire, and that literally is happening. I think we agree on that. So when she's at the height of her mania in extreme pain and near death, that's when she has the last, ultimate, more elaborate fantasy. And that is the last, more elaborate point of this bonus review of Saint Maud.
1: Yes, and appreciate such content while you can. Because soon this will be made exclusive to Patreon members only at a subscription fee of £13 a month. So, last freebie. Hope you enjoyed.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support us, please share us on your social medias. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Indie Aisles Podcast, and say hello.
1: Or if you've any scathing feedback you wish to issue, you can email us at in the at gmail.com.